Before we get to this week's episode, uh, this show will always be free. However, if you feel like you'd uh, have some extra bucks to support us monetarily, we would love it. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the fandom show, where you can throw some of your bucks our way for a couple bucks a month. You can get episodes early. You can get our monthly nerds letter. You can also get our patron exclusive fan club podcast. Um, we also want to give a shout out to one of our newest patrons, Rebecca De Silva. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we are a fan of you. And now, here's this week's episode. Hello, 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 and welcome to The Fandom Show, the podcast where we learn about fantastic fandoms by talking to our favorites about their favorites. I am Kaya Green. And I am Stephanie Mallet. And today we are talking about the reality show that has taken the world by storm full of pump teenies and different rules. Um, <laughs> I think, does it have rules or is it just, uh, I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. Steph, what do you know about Vanderpump Rules? So up until this week, I knew nothing about it. I uh, have no, other than seeing it come up on my Twitter feed, a few friends have been watching it, and so obviously I see it back and forth, but I don't actually had, I didn't have much context. So we actually guest appeared on an episode of our guest podcast, which we'll introduce in just a second. So we, we have a tiniest bit of context based on one episode in the smack center of the entire <laughs> series. Um, so I I know names. Let's just say that. I know some names. Oh, yes. Excellent. <laughs> Kai, what do you know about it? Oh, just still so little, I feel. I feel like one episode uh, didn't quite nail down the context of 10 years of behavior. <laughs> um, I, I know this is a absolute phenomena in the reality TV world. I feel like that's a big like blank spot for me in terms of pop culture. So I'm always fascinated by like how invested people get in these people's lives. Um, and besides that, I know very little. I feel like I barely even no names. Oh. So I'm very excited to talk about this particular uh, this particular subject. Amazing. You know who does know a lot about Vanderpump Rules? Oh, I, it better be our guest. It is our guest. It's our guest, Rob Schulte, who is a California-based producer and has produced podcasts for Team Coco, Mike Sachs, LA Comic Con, Surround Network, Spotify, SiriusXM, Maximum Fun, Stitcher, Vice, and more. He also hosts Vanderpump Robs, uh, Bill and Rob's An Excellent Adventure, and Pumpkin Spice Podcast. Rob, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. I'm having a terrific year and a terrific morning. I'm so happy to be here with you all. Oh, that's that's wonderful. I hope it's a, also a terrific month and didn't just go straight from year to morning. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm still figuring it out. But, uh, <laughs> ultimately, I'm having a great time and I love talking all things pump. Yeah. Sure. Oh, we're so excited to talk about it. And um, this is a specifically big month and week specifically for this fandom yeah. uh, when oh, we're talking yes. right now because yeah. there's been some drama that has dropped, which we will get into. But let's start at the beginning. Yeah, let's lay some lay, lay some groundwork here for those who have not even heard of this show. Yeah. Could you mm -hmm. explain this to someone to so, who had never seen it, never heard of it, didn't have any context on it? What is this show? Yeah, uh, so Vanderpump Rules is a spinoff from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. You, ha you need to know absolutely nothing about that, except that it was birthed from another show on Bravo. Lisa Vanderpump owns a series of restaurants in West Hollywood, California, and this centers around a fraction of the staff at one of the restaurants called Sir. 
sexy, unique restaurant. I love it. That's they what it are, stands for? Yeah. <laughs> Colloquially. I think when it started, it was, you know, French for South and, you know, all these other things. But uh, No, I refuse to believe that now. Yeah, no, it's, there's a big <laughs> sign on the wall that says sexy, unique restaurant. Oh, so I think so funny. there's been some um, retcon for the restaurant. <laughs> um, and when it started, it was like these younger 20-somethings figuring out what they wanted to do in Hollywood while making money working at this kind of quasi-bougie restaurant. As the show has evolved and these people have grown older, it's kind of where life has taken them from being wannabe actors and models to, oh, we actually just have a job being on a reality show. So some of them have opened businesses like bars, sandwich shops. Some of them have started families. You know, all of these things that just like generated from them being coworkers wow. under one of Lisa Vanderpump's restaurants. So uh, just love to find out, how did this come across your radar? How did you get into this show? Yeah, what's your origin story? My girlfriend. So um, <laughs> I, I think like most uh, people who do, who think like, you know, I, I was very much of that like straight guy brain. Let's just put it that way where it's like Kardashians aren't for me. You know, I'll watch survivor, but <laughs> yeah. I won't watch, you know, Bravo shows or whatever. That's and then women's stuff. Yeah. <laughs> or, or just thinking like it wouldn't appeal to yeah, me. Like totally. it, maybe it's not made for me. Like just something stuck in your brain that you have to relearn. Right. And totally. I quickly relearned by it being on in our, one bedroom New York apartment <laughs> that I had, I had grown up in college, like working at music venues and working at bars and um, just being in that world, in that service industry world where there is a season where a couple of guys on the show who have been part of this huge scandal, but they were opening a, a new bar with Lisa and seeing all of the steps that went into that, you know, at one point my girlfriend was like, oh, this is kind of boring. I want to fast forward to this other storyline. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you know, I want to, I want to hear about like what, what the costs are and like why they're not living up to what they were expected <laughs> to be doing at this bar. And that meant uh, rewatching that episode by myself and then going, well, now I just need to start at the beginning of this show because I'm, as much as I cared about the bar and venue aspect of this, now I'm intertwined into the like love triangles and storylines that go. And, and it really made me understand that like entertainment is entertainment. Yep. You know, just bar none. Like that is what it is and it's great. A fun story is a fun story. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like exactly. we, we can relate to this because I feel like every time you go to watch a reality TV show stuff, <laughs> quite a lot of the time I'm like, no, I don't need to watch it. Sorry, what's happening though? Um, Absolutely. Could yeah. you tell me could you tell me the context on the episode that is currently playing in my home? Because I would like to know. Yeah. And so then, it's love on an Island. Okay. <laughs> and like sometimes I come in and out and sometimes I get really invested. Like when you started watching The Circle, I was like, I don't need to watch this, but don't watch the next episode without me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. And, um, you know, shortly after that, oh, I've got a dog in the room. Okay. Doggy. Well, Hooray. Um, this podcast that's Elvis. Dogs. Very pro, yes. pro dog um, podcast. Pro, pro Elvis. I know it's audio, but. Here, oh, he's a um, good dog. Confirmed for those who cannot see, he is a good pup. <laughs> yes. 
Um, the thing about this show and how I got hooked is I didn't have as many projects on my plate at the time, let's say, and I was looking to make a podcast that was uniquely mine in a, you know, semi-selfish way. I'd like done stuff with other people. I had had some fun podcasts here and there. I had had, I was working on a Star Trek podcast as one of my jobs. Um, but I didn't have something that I could like 100% call my own. And I wanted that. I wanted something that I could make all of the decisions on and just have fun and not have any, I don't know, rules. You know, sometimes you set up rules for your Vanderpump rules for yourself (laughs) that like you're afraid to then break. And this is a situation where I was like, well, I can do whatever I want with this show. And I started and I, I had started in recap podcasts. So why not do a recap podcast as I'm watching this show for the first time. Amazing. So, yeah. Uh, so Lisa Vanderpump, the, the head of all of this, can you kind of mm-hmm. break down her, I assume she has a kingdom for some reason. She's a queen. Um, yes. What, is, what are her various restaurants? What's her, what's her deal? What are her she's rules? Not, she's in it, but she doesn't seem to be the main focus. Yeah, it's, it is interesting how little she actually does in this show. Um, <laughs> she seems to come in when it's like someone's in trouble. Yeah, Mommy's there's very mad. much someone's in trouble. Someone like, oh, I'm doing my weekly check on the restaurants. You know, I heard some naughty things about you. <laughs> and, you know, let's just say this. Lisa Vanderpump is known for stirring the pot. So she right? will like under the auspice of... I'm just trying to keep things well run and whatnot. We'll also be like, yes, but I heard you uh, did this the other night or someone else did that and be like, oh, well, I didn't know that. Now I got to go talk to Lala about what she said to James at CNX Tuesday's DJ event, you know, so very like coyly drops information or is a confidant for people on the show. Right. So at this point, Lisa Some of these restaurants don't exist anymore, but throughout the years, she had started Villa Blanca, rest in peace, which was kind of a a fancier bar, restaurant sort of thing. As she says in the first episode, Villa Blanca is where you take your wife and Sir is where you take your girlfriend, which ages terribly. (laughs) If that kind of gives you the idea of like Lisa Vanderpump and her style of restaurants, Mm and then she had another restaurant called Pump. Uh, and then she opened Tom Tom, which was where I was starting to get invested. Like, they're opening this new bar. And so that's all in the West Hollywood area. Very walkable to each one of those. And Pump apparently is closing as well. So it's down to just Sir and Tom Tom, unfortunately. Wow. Oh, restaurant industry is brutal. Absolutely, yeah. especially post pandemic. Um, but I'm sure she has another trick up her sleeve. She also owns like Vanderpump Dogs, which does really great outreach for adoption. And oh, oh, they that's they great. always do a World Dog Day. I went to one a couple of years ago post lockdown, and they they really do at least attempt to do good for the dog world. So I always respect that, no matter what the drama is. That's so lovely. Although, drama and dogs is heaven. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you said Vanderpump Dogs, my first instinct was to think of a different reality show starring only dogs who had lots of drama with each other. Oh, that would be great. I think they tried to do a season of something happening at the dog adoption, but just 
you know, those dogs were just too nice. No one was, no, no one wanted <laughs> just, to see him fight. They just wouldn't fight with each other. Yeah. Um, so, uh, can you run us through some of the characters? Most notable, like, who are your top three in this? Um, oh, or, like, wow. who's the most notable? Obviously, uh, Scandal, uh, sure. uh, Sandoval seems to be a big, a big contender yeah. right now. But run us through a few of the, the players. So I would say, as of now, recently, the people that you're going to hear about most in the news are Tom Sandoval and his ex-partner, Ariana Maddox. They have recently split because Tom Sandoval cheated on her for many, many months with another cast member named Raquel Levis. Now, so those are probably the three biggest names that will be hitting headlines as you research Sandoval. Um, when the show started, it kind of focused on uh, a woman named Stasi Schroeder, who was kind of like the queen bee of the servers at Sir, kind of the very mean girl tendencies at like 24 years old. Uh, she had a boyfriend named Jax Taylor. Both of them are wildly problematic at areas <laughs> of their life. Um, some have grown, some have not, but I, do, I don't think anyone's got a real clean slate on this show, so forewarning if you're going into it. Uh, it started in 2013 and really shows it. Um, I do feel like, though, if you were filming me from 2013, yeah, I would be it, deeply problematic. Like, well, I, I also think, a lot. I, yeah, and I also think that, like, when you're fresh out of college, let's say, and someone's just like, yeah, I'm going to throw cameras on you when you're at your drunkest. Like, I, it's no excuse for bad behavior, but you get what is delivered. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I yeah. also think there's a lot of privilege involved with a lot of these people that they haven't realized that at the time. So yeah. there's, there's a lot of growth that has been done. Some people grow better than others. Uh, I will say, though, that my favorite character, and I do say character, um, yeah. <laughs> is Sheena Shea, who is highly divisive in the Vanderpump world. Ooh, but why? this show would not exist without Sheena Shea because Sheena dated actor Eddie Cibrian, who has been in many things, most notably in my book, Baywatch Nights. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the name is very familiar. I can't picture yeah. the face. But he's I know he's a very name. like 90s right. te- TV actor who has done some stuff since then. Um, but he was married to another Beverly Hills housewife named Brandy Glanville. Oh, dear. Who is... Uh, well, this ain't a Housewives podcast. Um, <laughs> friends with Lisa or not friends with Lisa? Friends with Lisa. Um, but then it came out that Brandy's husband was cheating on her with one of Lisa's employees. Oh, dear. Sheena. And so a lot of the first season is Sheena cleaning up her side of the street with Lisa's friends coming into this working environment with people who are like, oh, she's a homewrecker. She does this. And she is just like, I honestly, when we got together, didn't realize he was married, you know? And they're all yeah, like, well, yeah. one quick Google search would have saved that for you. Um, but it's seeing this sort of thing where you've already got this group of people who are like a click and then they bring in Sheena. And so it's like you get, 
and then Jax cheats on Stasi, and so all of these things. There's a lot of dynamite being thrown. They're like, well, I don't like this person, but she's on my side because I now hate my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes all over the place. Wild. And you've, you've yeah. said in, on your podcast um, uh, that you think the first two seasons are some of the best TV ever. Yeah. Can yeah. you expand on that? Sure. Um, I will say that any season you will be able to pull something entertaining from. Yeah. But more so than a lot of just TV out there, I think that the, you know, pre-streaming, let's say, the first two seasons of this show hook you immediately because you get blindsided by the season finales. So Really? Um, I will not go into complete details because I would love for both of you as well as the audience to discover it themselves. But at the first season, I'll give you some highlights. The first season, Jackson Stasi break up. You don't need to know anything about them except, okay, that can be explosive in like an eight episode to 10 episode season, right? Yeah, where they work together um, and have to hang yeah, out all Yeah, exactly. But then by the end of it, you realize that Jax has also held this huge lie the entire time that comes out at the end that you're just like, oh my God, I cannot believe that like you almost got us all on your side and then this thing gets dropped. Uh. And in between there, he's like dating another person at the thing to make Stasi jealous. And you're just like, man, we can see right through everything you're doing. <laughs> like, you know, and then season two follows almost the same formula, except these other two people that you've grown to know a lot more since season one have a gigantic reveal at the finale that results in like, a wrestling match between a few of the guys too. Oh. So it like, it, it gets crazy. Uh, it gets wild. It gets uncomfortable, but also one of those things you just think, I know this, that it's this, I believe this, it's, it has to be this. And then the person you least expect to come clean comes clean in the penultimate episode. So the fallout is the finale. And, it is about cheating, and I think once they get to season three, they kind of move off of this formula of like someone's cheated on someone, and it's a a big who done it sort of scenario, and that you start realizing like since I've gotten a lot of the same cheating aspects from season one and season two, it's like who are these people? And so in season three, we start learning like well, if they're capable of this, that, and the other, then. Now I'm like watching everyone. No one can be trusted. <laughs> and they start introducing new characters. And so then, and maybe this is a good segue into the scandal of it all. Yes. But by the time we get to season 10, two people that we kind of have rode for the entire time, and especially Ariana, who is very much an audience proxy, is the person who has been cheated on by Tom Sandoval. And it is a blow to the gut because it also reveals a bunch of lies that Tom has told over the last decade that Ariana has backed him on because as she says in the reunion, when you're in a partnership with someone you love and trust, you have to take them what they say, or you're going, if you, you, you have to trust your relationship. Like yeah. Yeah. if they don't give you a reason not to trust your relationship, 
then you're in a negative environment. So I trusted my boyfriend with everything he said and I backed him up on it. And it turns out he had been lying about one thing that Domino affected into the other, which has now led to essentially a decade long, oh, well, you lied about this, which meant you lied about this. And not to mention the woman he cheated on her with had just ended an engagement with another cast member. Oh, so, that he helped yeah. plan, right? He yes, helped plan the engagement. He helped plan the engagement and everything about it. And there's just a lot of like weird timeline stuff too that it's like, man, it's already out. You you need to stop digging your own grave. So is he it, pretending he didn't do this? Like, is he like, no, well. No. At this point, he says he does, but he's very wishy-washy on when it started. And one of the theories, because uh, at, at the point of this recording, there's only been one reunion of three where a lot of this stuff is supposed to come clean. And, oh, because it ha- it's happening in real time right in now. In real time right now. Like and, this broke, what, like a week ago? Well, it broke actually in March of 2023. Okay. But they had stopped filming in September. So they picked up cameras again in March to film the finale episode. Oh um, and then they shot the reunion two weeks later. So around April. And now we've only been getting the fallout and information leading up because, you know, the reunion had been filmed and now it's, you know, approaching June and we're only now like, getting more than theories, essentially. Wow. And I feel like yeah. if you've never like heard of Vanderpump Rules, if you've never watched any of it, and you now look at your Twitter account, <laughs> you will see it everywhere. Yeah. It is, you can't avoid it at this point. Once it's like, it's like when you, you know, hear a word and then suddenly you hear everyone using that word and you're like, I've never yep. heard this word in my life and now it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it That is exactly, it's like you, you get a, I, I equated it as, you buy your first car and it's red and you're like, wow, I've got this unique red car. And then you get on the highway and everyone's got a red hot red car. Yeah. Sexy, unique red. Yeah. Sexy, unique red. Um, and I would like to point out that, you know, the fandom of this show can be polarizing, right? Like any, like a lot of fandom. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask about that. People do take this very serious and I like to look at it on the podcast with my co-host Molly Molly is like a a true blue journalist too. Like she was uh, like in Russia, like has done stuff overseas. She's won awards. She's written for Mother Jones. Like she is an incredible, incredible producer and journalist. So I love her takes about just like interpersonal drama, um, but also being a fan of the show, right? So it's like we don't take ourselves too serious, but we have these like, broad perspectives. I've only ever worked in like entertainment media. She has done very serious things. Um, (laughs) And uh, and so I, you know, we talk about this sometimes that like people get so invested and why is that? Right. My theory is that like, let me take a step back. They get so invested to a point where it's almost like extremely mean and hurtful to people you've never met. theories, Mm. you know, and my thought is, yeah, these people didn't do good things at times, but anything I say isn't going to affect any outcome or anything about it. So I like to just talk about what's going on 
in a very dry comedic sort of way that doesn't always land for like super duper fans. Uh. And I believe that there's a lot of transference going on now. Mm. Say what you will about certain, you know, therapy, whatever. Uh, I'm no doctor, by the way, but <laughs> I do feel like I know uh, all of these diplomas on the wall, fake. Um, <laughs> There's like the, 50 behind you. Yeah, it's, that it's thing wild. behind you isn't even a dog. <laughs> Get him on Amazon. It's a walking diploma. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I do feel like most people have been cheated on or something similar to cheated mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. So when you see that unveiling on a show like this that you've had invested many, many years you are putting yourself in these people's shoes and then how you felt when that happened to you. And whether it be cheating, whether it be like tons of phrases pop up all the time on the internet, the ick, you know, a deep dive, uh, pick me people. Right. And like a lot of people call Sheena a pick me girl. And I was like, well, that's not what you called her two seasons ago. Cause you didn't have the language to say that. And so as I see this trend happening, I find it very interesting the way we describe these characters to us after the fact. Yeah. And I am also guilty of this in many, many ways, but as Molly and I always say on the show, uh, I'd love to be proved wrong, right? I'd lo- This is how I feel after watching this episode, and I would love if my feelings for this person changed. Like, it, I right. only know what I know, and I'm not going to say because this cast member said in 2014 this one stupid comment that that defines who they are in 2023. And right. yeah. even if it's just as stupid as being like, I'm a, I only party with guys, or I only drink on the weekends, or I only do, like this is not a definition of who this character is. And so that's why I love doing the podcast because I can ever evolve the conversation about the cast. Let me take a deep breath. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So it sounds like the fandom of this, this, uh, this show, um, it sounds very similar to like any drag race. Most fans where it's like, I hate this person. This person's a bad person. Mm -hmm. Um, do you think, um, obviously you're interacting, you're doing a podcast about it. Have there been any lovely interactions with the fandom that you've had? Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just think most times the squeaky wheel, you know, sticks out. Oh, of course. Um, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But so many people are like, wow, I actually don't feel the same way, but I never heard that perspective before in direct response to like our podcast. And I love hearing that. Other people have also come at, you know, not come at me, but I've like, let's say left a comment that's like, I really didn't appreciate how you painted the picture for this. And it doesn't mean I'm going to stop listening to your podcast, but I figured you should know that like, I think your phrasing here was wrong. And I was like, wow, I've never heard someone say, I'm not going to stop listening, but also I think you should learn from that. That's so And respectful. I feel like yeah. such a respectful and like mature way to go about something for an inherently immature television show. <laughs> totally. That's uh, gentle. Happened on the internet? Yeah, exactly. And so awesome. I always like love that because I'm only going to be who I'm going to be. And I know this is surprising. I'm not perfect. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Big statements. Big statements. But also, the amount of people that 
hate someone for cheating, but also then say, but we probably shouldn't be like going so hard on them on socials. Like we can have these forums for discussion and say why we dislike or don't like something, but Hey, let's keep it to this forum. Let's not go with pitchforks to their Instagram page or their family's Instagram page, like some people would do. And so I do see a lot of very mature discourse, but, but you know, it it all, the next time there's a story that breaks, it's just going to change to that story, which is also fun. You know, people are easily to just like move on when it's time to move on. Yeah. It's, it seems like the, there's always that sort of complicated part of reality TV and that you have this parasocial relationship mm-hmm. with people that do exist. Like if you're watching yeah. a, a fictional show, you can feel any way you want about the characters. You can be mad at them. You can want to yell at them, but you can't go to their Twitter, you know, whereas yeah. there is this difficult relationship of where do you draw the line? Where do you feel like these people are yours to yell at? Um, mm. And where do you just understand them as characters? Like you said yeah. before, cause you can't, know their whole life, even if you watch their show, you know? Absolutely. And I think that one of the, one of the good things about this is some of these people will, you can just tell, lean into what edit they're getting on the show. So like a Jax, for instance, he's like, I know because I cheated and he's not on the show anymore, but at the time you could just tell that once he knew he was painted as the bad guy cheater in the first season that, Hey, I'll just stir the pot wherever it comes. And I'm trying to make an entertaining show and for good or ill, I'm just going to, I'll lie about myself, but I'll tell the truth about absolutely everyone else. And and you kind of got to respect that because I mean, Jax is terrible on most instances, (laughs) but you gotta, you gotta respect to know like, I'm making a show and people love drama. And that's the other interesting part about it is we talk about this parasocial relationship and like we wouldn't watch this show if there wasn't a lot of drama. Yeah. Yeah. So we, there's a part of us that like that, even if we don't like what's actually been done, like we wouldn't want that to happen to us, but we're not going to stop watching. (laughs) So there's a barrier that I I still believe is misunderstood by some, but mostly understood by the fandom. Right. I feel like that's so much reality TV where you're like, I hate everything that's happening here and this is all trash garbage. And you're like, but I have to keep watching. I have to know. Yeah. Set the DVR for this thing (laughs) I hate. Yeah, it's a bit of a paradox for sure. You're like, oh, this person's so dramatic. What do they do next? You know? Yeah. (laughs) And you just, you hate them, but you can't stop watching them. Just like a car crash of a person. (laughs) Um, But it's a necessary part of the formula, I think. Sure. For sure. Uh, can you tell us about some of the like big, memorable, memeable moments of the show? Because I feel like there's a lot of like gifts out there of different uh, characters. Um, is there anything that really stands out? Obviously, it's ten years. That's a long sure. time. But like a couple juicy choices. The moments. most famous. Honestly, I feel like the most famous line from this show is "It's not about the pasta." <laughs> and what on earth is the context for that? If you Google Vanderpump Rules pasta, it'll be like the first gift that jumps up. <laughs> James Kennedy pasta. So the context of this is 
James Kennedy, Lala Kent are out to lunch together. Two cast members, two employees of Sir. James at the time is dating Raquel Levis, who we spoke about previous. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the one who gets engaged to Raquel, who then breaks off the engagement for Tom Sandoval. Now, years prior to Scandoval, they are together, James and Raquel, but James's best friend is Lala. So Lala doesn't really like Raquel at this point in time. Um, she never ends up really liking Raquel. <laughs> but um, apparently there was a night that James was DJing. Raquel was working at Sir, and Lala was just there with this other person uh, partying, you know, having drinks, you know, dancing at the DJ night, yada, yada, yada. But Sir also sells food. And there's a, another layer to this cake that we'll get into after this. But since Sir sells food, you know, um, you, you're drinking, you get hungry, you want to sober up, you want to do whatever. And apparently Raquel had had some pasta set aside and Lala and this other person ate all of the pasta. Oh, and <laughs> oh I see. at the lunch, you know... What this really is, is James trying to get to the bottom of that you don't like my girlfriend and I'm upset that you don't like my girlfriend. And they're having some drinks and he's just like, yeah, and you fucking ate all our pasta over there. Like you don't give a shit about anyone's stuff and like kind of lays into Lala and Lala's like, you pissed at me for eating the pasta? And it just explodes in this huge thing. They go outside of the restaurant. They're standing on the side of the street. James is just like, it's not about the pasta. It's not about the pasta. <laughs> it's in essentially trying to get out that like, it's about like, you're my friend. You should respect my relationship. You know, I, I, I want you to care about the people I care about if you care about me, but he just doesn't have the ability to say uh. that. And the internet theory is that pasta is code for drugs and that they did all of her drugs what? while she was at work. Oh my God. And so they're using pasta as a code word to, and so even further than being, it's not about the pasta. It's not about the Coke. You know, it's not about the drugs. It's not about the, you know, like, Oh my God. And so it's, it's just, it's layered, but it's also just really funny to see a gif of someone screaming. It's not about the pasta. <laughs> and that's what I would say is like the number one line from the show. There are a few others like Stassi in the first few seasons loves her birthday and wants everyone to know about her birthday because it is her day and she will like scream, it's my fucking birthday <laughs> in, in sometimes positive, sometimes very negative uh, <laughs> ways. So that's a big memeable one. Uh, and another one that's kind of crept up recently is I'm the number one fucking guy in this group. Ooh. And that's... Jax and Tom Sandoval are on a vacation in Vegas, I believe, and Tom Sandoval keeps talking about his band, and they, you know, of course have been drinking and partying and stuff. Of course. And, James, and Jax just goes, would you shut up about your fucking band? He's like, nobody wants to hear about your band. He's like, quit acting like you're the number one guy in this group. I'm the number one fucking guy in this group, because oh. he does have main character energy. Yeah. And since then... uh the debate is, well, Jax was let go from the show. Um, Tom Sandoval is now screwed around on Ariana and everyone hates him. 
Uh, who's James the number, number one, one guy? guy? I feel like it's James. James might From be the little the bit one. that I've seen and the like little bit of research. I feel like James has like started as a bit of villain energy and now is yeah. a bit of like number one guy. He's the voice. He's of getting people. there. If not uh, Peter Madrigal, who is the uh, manager of Sir and very much Switzerland. Yeah, it's like, 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 like group daddy. The yes, calm in the chaos, as he likes to say. Is he around the same age as them, or is he older? He, he's around the same age. Okay, as them. they wow. all kind of started. He started as a busboy when some of the other people started as servers and bartenders, and he worked hmm. his way up to manager of Sir. Cool. Yeah. So- I have a, it's almost a, like he has a work ethic. <laughs> almost like that. <laughs> yeah. So I have a, this is more of a pullback question of just a lot of people write off reality television. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, we have this podcast features all sorts of fandoms. We don't necessarily specifically talk about like the classic quote unquote nerd fandoms. But mm-hmm. um, for, for someone who's coming into this, who's like, um, for lack of a better term, classic nerd, what mm-hmm. do you think about this show could entice them into it? Like what would, what would pull them in? High stakes, uh, intricate storylines, um, and big, big, big personalities. You know, you could easily cast one person as a bard and one person as, you know, the, the tank and another right. person. You know, you could, you could do that with these people. There's a, a lot of... The cast loves, like, tarot and astrology as well so like there's there's a there's a level to that if that's for you i picture Uh, someone screaming i'm a fucking libra (laughs) yeah well that happens um uh you know there's also just this idea of everyone has problems in friend groups yeah and that is universal and everyone has everyone has highs and lows in their friend groups and like I said, that is universal and can, no matter what the context is, it resonates. Everyone has had an issue with someone or has been the person people have had an issue with or have all taken a group trip where you have a blast together. Yeah. Whether yeah. that's to, you know, the pizza joint or Las Vegas, you know, and it, it, the other side I would say is even if you aren't a classic reality show person, this show is hilarious, <laughs> and the the producers n- know what to do to like make you entertained in some of the most high drama moments. So, just off the top of my head, I'm remembering a scene where Lala says something of like, you know, I would never do something like that. The way you talk to her in that way, and then it just goes. 38 seconds earlier and it shows a scene of her doing exactly what she just said she will never do. You know, it's this huge fight at dinner. You know, there's one other scene where Ariana is feeling sad because she's about to turn 30 and she's had some, you know, issues with her parents. I won't get into too many details, but she's like, you know, just having the birthday sads. You know, you know, it's a celebration, but I'm also realizing I'm getting older and that means life is moving on. And she has a birthday near someone else on the cast's birthday. And Tom Sandoval is sitting down with her. And she's like, I just don't want you to, you know, go. Because they had planned this other trip with this other person. And Tom's like, I will always be here for you, Ariana. But they rented bulldozers and tractors. And we get to do, like, (sighs) dig stuff up with dump trucks. So I think I need to go to this. 
<laughs> oh no. That's extremely funny. Oh no. That is a scene to just look up because you're just like, wow, he is he is so close to her and he's so like comforting. But they're gonna have bulldozers <laughs> and I need to drive a bulldozer. It's really important. <laughs> That's you know? yeah. just like a full two-year-old. Yeah, once exactly. in a lifetime opportunity. I love you. There's but a, I don't there's think a you lot understand. of just yeah, and in the episode that you both guested on, you know, there's a lot of stunted adolescence. Oh yeah, that you can just roll roll your eyes so hard they fall out of your head. You know, so even if it's not production manipulated humor. These people are just not on the same wavelength at this times. This guy stuck stakes in between his butt cheeks. As revenge. Yes. As revenge to these two guys who are also his best men. Yes. After so running three miles. Yeah. Oh. 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 It's, so, it's so bad. It's so bad. All right. We're going to move on to our hot take soon. But before we do, very quickly, what is the nerdiest thing that you have ever done in relation to this fandom? Oh, wow. Um, gone... Found out when they were taping and gone to the restaurant. And I don't even drink, but like stood at the bar and was like, I guess I'll order a charcuterie plate to see what this is like (laughs) on my own uh, just to see like, will I be on camera? And of course, no, they're they're trying to film the cast, not just random people at the bar. <laughs> man with charcuterie plate. Meat, meat, <laughs> yeah. man. meat man. Yeah. Becomes part of the subreddit. For all you know, but he could become nice, iconic. Hey, it, I'm, I'm here for you. You know, uh, email's open. Yeah. Uh, Bravo. Uh, <laughs> anytime. Anytime. You heard it here first. <laughs> but there are like, that's the most embarrassing for me. I know other people out there who will, like there was a marriage between two cast members that happened in Kentucky and two fans like drove from California to Kentucky. Maybe they flew, wow. but they went to the place that the wedding was happening and like reported on it. And like Ariana the other day worked at Raising Cane's uh, chicken finger restaurant as like an ad supported thing. And they like drove there to see if they could see it. And some people, I mean, they probably love it and more power to them, but. Uh, my nerdiest thing is just trying to figure out when they were filming and go there. <laughs> yep, that makes sense. Was it fun to see them from afar? Just be like, it was. Oh. And, you know, one of the people who people, you know, audiences are having a little trouble with, his name's Tom Schwartz. Uh, he came up and introduced himself to me and was <gasps> really? very nice. And, you know, he's not without his problems, but was very polite to me. And that was something that didn't need to happen. You know, oh. I was wearing a Tom Tom shirt, so there was an entry point, but he, he didn't. He wasn't just need like to... that man's meat looks amazing. I must yeah, say exactly. Hi. We must yeah. consult over meat. He's like, here, have this steak. I just made it myself. <laughs> There's also shrimp. <laughs> yeah, no, don't look yeah. at the pork. Do you smell, run? Smell the I shrimp. Run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Never eat shrimp that somebody first tells you to smell. Seafood is not to be smelled first. <laughs> no, always no, no, a bad no. sign. No. All right, we're gonna move on to our hot takes because I feel like we have uh, we have some good ones. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, some of these are uh, just ones I got randomly off the internet. Some of them are people who are, uh, you know, friends and fans of the podcast. Um, Mm. So uh, this first one, let's – oh, I don't even know where to start. Okay, this (laughs) one starts with Katie. Um, It says, Katie's head trauma is part of why she was so negative. She was only recovering by season six and was in an awful relationship with Schwartz, and that's why she behaved so badly. I agree mostly with that one. She had a very – 
bad accident. She like fell through a skylight and I think it's not discussed enough on the show because she does get a very grumpy girlfriend edit, I think. And if it were, and maybe she doesn't want it to be discussed on the show. That could be completely Mm. part of it. But she's in a bad relationship with Tom Schwartz. She's recovering from a massive head injury. And I think regardless of what it did to her physically is already just going to put you in a, God, I'm frustrated all the time. I'm, I'm healing. I've got a person that doesn't respect me that I've like invested time with. That's going to manifest into some maybe not so great moments on the show. Yeah, super fair. Someone who has had a, a big head injury, it makes you different. It makes yeah. you act different. It makes you think different. Very so, much so. Justice for Katie. Yes, I assume always. I don't know enough about the show. <laughs> I will what say if- justice for Katie, but also she needs to work on impulse control. She's mm. very much a rage texter and does post some things negatively online. And oh I am convinced she has like five different Reddit accounts that she <laughs> goes on mysteriously. That's oh. pretty funny. Um, okay, how about this? The stakes are gone because Sandoval doesn't tell the truth. Ooh. The stakes in general of the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that because okay. we've seen other cast members lie constantly. And the the benefit of this show is when the truth comes out. It's so, a level set. It's yeah. A- yeah. And because Sandoval has lied so much, we get to watch this show all over again with new eyes. And that's Ooh. a good thing, I think. It is something that I, as a, someone who has not watched it, who is very obviously going to watch it now, um, <laughs> going in and now knowing kind of this like drama that unfolds with this man, I'm going to be watching this man like a hawk. Mm-hmm. Okay, on that mm-hmm. subject, um, here's a good one. VPR should end it here. The show was heading towards cancellation until Scandaval broke, so why not end it on a high note or completely reformat and launch a whole new show? I can agree with that. Yeah. I think that... Uh, it probably was like the, the, what was gonna be the season finale before they picked up cameras and shot the aftermath of Scandaval, um, really felt like a series finale. Yeah. Like Lisa gives, Lisa gives a lot of speeches, but she gave a very big speech and there's been murmurs of them splitting off the show into like two different shows, like, twice in the past that never came to be. And now would be a perfect time with Katie and Ariana starting their something about her sandwich shop and Tom Schwartz and Tom Sandoval starting Schwartz and Sandy's to have a MCU level (laughs) (laughs) competition shows. Yeah. Yeah. And then, Recast Vanderpump Rules, or, or partially recast Vanderpump Rules with young people again. Yeah, yeah. And they did it with Housewives of New York. You know, they bring people into Summer House all the time that are new. I think it's totally. I would. I'm on board with that. This one is from uh, guest of the podcast, uh, Nikki Nazarella, who was on our Drag Race episode. Um, I have to ask him preference. Have you watched Loss? I have watched Lost. Okay, so this is Dana and Max are to Vanderpump Rules what Nikki and Paolo were to Lost, which is to say they were just, people were like, who are these people that were also on the plane? Let's focus on them. And then they disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> and were awful. I 
definitely agree. I feel like though there could have been like if Dana came on, she would have stayed, but because it was Dana, Max and this other dude named Brett, it, it didn't work out. Like it, it was like its own compact story between these three people that kind of spread into the other cast, but no one liked them. Problematic tweets, all of these other things that Bravo in that moment was like, well, we must get rid of all of these people, you know, even though we've never really addressed anything in the past. So it, were they I just agree. other employees that were at the restaurant. They're like, I guess we should put some more people in ostensibly like I guess Max was managing Tom Tom for a while and so they brought him in this Brett guy was definitely just an eye candy person that like was one of Lisa's personal trainers or something but got a job at sir and Dana had been in the friend group and continues to be for a while but no one really knew it like she was on the theory is is that she kind of started hanging out with the people with hopes to be on the show. Mm, Gotcha. I see it. Okay. Okay. Here's one. Uh, I've long wondered why a show that features such charming, witty, funny, and ambitious women consistently anchors them to such absolutely lackluster male cast members. Can't argue with that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a resounding yes. (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) They they could have so much more and now they hopefully will. Hopefully they will. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think that's why a lot of people are relating to this in Mm -hmm. such, such a big way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, James and Lala are the most entertaining part of the show. Period. Hmm. If I'm going, if I have to say yes or no, I think I have to say yes. Whoa. I think there are, I don't know if I as much agree with the Lala side of it, uh, but James, for as mean and cold and hurtful things as he can say, he's quick Mm. and he's quick witted. And sometimes he says the most hilarious thing at the right time that you have to then be like, oh God, I can't believe I'm laughing at that. That was so mean, <laughs> you know. They feel uh, like my understanding of those two. Just again, I have so little context, but I have big opinions based on that little context. Uh, classic. Uh, it's just that they're like little talking heads on the side that are just like these fuckers, eh? Like, what are these guys doing? <laughs> For a while, they very much are like a Statler and Waldorf. Yeah, you know, they they were not welcomed into the group for a few seasons, so they definitely had to create their own collective on the side. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this one, this is off of Reddit, uh, so I take no credit for this one. But Tom and Raquel's shitty actions saved the show. Mussolini had great leadership skills, but he was still Mussolini. Have to agree. (laughs) It sucks. It sucks. But I imagine what the season would have been about without the scandal. And... It could have gone in many different directions, but it wouldn't have been as enticing. Yeah. It seems like this show, like similar to that last one, is just like, it's such a big moment. There's no way they can keep this up. There's no way any show can like have a huge scandal break out and then suddenly be like, oh yeah, so now we all go back to our restaurant job. Back to this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, apparently um, there's something revealed in the reunion because- they are doing standard reunion where the cast gets together and Andy asks his questions. Uh, 
But because of this huge issue, Andy Cohen has also sat down individually with Tom Sandoval, Ariana Maddox, and Raquel Levis, and we're getting stuff that the other cast didn't hear. And at, like I said, at the moment of the recording of this podcast, it has been said that no one gets to sign their contracts for season 11 yet because something is said in one of those interviews that no one else on the cast knows and that it might change if they want to do season 11 or not. Oh, that's wild. Do you have theories about what it is? I think the main theory is that the relationship between Tom and Raquel had been going on much longer than people think, like potentially back when he was helping James plan the... Uh, the the proposal Damn. party, mm. and that Lisa Vanderpump may have known more than she <gasps> let on earlier, Gasp. and so that could potentially hurt. I'm sorry, my dog is crying right oh, now. Oh, he's upset. He's having a dream. Is. No, it's just like. <laughs> Why wouldn't you okay. be honest from the start, everyone? That's yeah. what Elvis is thinking. <laughs> Elvis is upset. Yeah. Um. He was dreaming, dreaming of being on Vanderpump Dogs. Um, <laughs> Vanderpump Dogs. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I think that is an option, but I'm not sure how much that would delay. Like, we don't want you to sign contracts yet because of that, because everyone's already angry. Like, that's just going and saying, oh, yeah, you're even worse than we thought. Yeah, right. But yeah, I yeah. still like my paycheck and my job. So... I don't know. That's 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 the only one that really jumps out to me. Like, because anything else would have to be extremely weird. And I say weird, but like something that we can't even like, fathom. Yeah. That if it affects people, not and like and bad, also come bad. on, we're we're talking Hollywood producers here. Yeah. They want people to sign contracts yeah. to continue this show. So, so what, what is making them want to say that? Yeah. yeah. Well, friend of the podcast, uh, Dana Puttycomb, speculated that uh, it's that Raquel's pregnant. Ooh. That has been a theory. I personally feel like that theory is low-hanging fruit, and this yep. is no disrespect to anyone who thinks it, and I kind of didn't. Not not that I don't mind talking about it, but like even on my podcast, I was just like, it's so easy to say that this person who's getting online harassed a lot, and she, like, I don't think Raquel did a good thing, but she is getting a lot of harassment, so she's like left and is living with her parents in Arizona. Oh boy! And then to just say like she's disappeared because she's pregnant is a little bit. You know, I'm not sure how I feel like on that in the gray area, but it definitely, if that is what comes out, maybe people wouldn't want to film with a, like, because other people on this cast have children yep. and it has nothing to do with a scandal yeah. or anything like that. So I could see like a family beginning due to this would make people want to probably second guess if they were going to be filming the show. Yeah, yeah sure. totally. Especially yeah. depending on who the father is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Um, we're we're uh, at the end of uh, our hot takes. Uh, and just before we get into our micro-fandoms of the week, we will do that in just a minute. Uh, but we want to just talk to you a bit about the podcast and how you can connect with us. Uh, you can reach out, follow us, uh, or just in general say, what's up, at Fandom Show Pod on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, we also ask, please... Tell your nerdy friends about us, and if you can, if you have a few moments, head on over to Apple Podcasts or your podcast provider of choice. Give us a little rate, review, subscribe. It really helps us get out there uh, and get more uh, nerds. Uh, nerds learn about other nerds. Absolutely. Um, you can give us any one-sentence review. Uh, maybe in this case, right, is not about the pasta. You know, <laughs> throw whatever you want in there. Anything you put is helpful for us and helps us cover every single fandom and every single subculture in this world. Uh, we also have merch. Uh, so you can head over to fandomshow.tpublic.com and snag our faces in cartoon form on some of your favorite things like shirts, mugs, and more. Um, you can also find us on the From Superheroes Discord where you can meet other fans or hit us up directly. And our theme song is by Yusu Kim, and our logo is by the wonderful John Blair. So now into our micro fandoms of the week. Kaya, what are you fanning out about this week? You know what? This week, um, recently, you and I, Steph, we decided uh, one night when we felt like we just needed to do something with our hands while we were watching TV to, to, to do a puzzle. Um, I didn't I didn't know before, but puzzles are really fun, man. <laughs> you get really into them, and then when you... We're high-octane at home, oh, everyone. Oh, yeah. We, we live... We live thrilling lives. I'm pretty sure this was a Saturday we chose to do this. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, but man. I love it. When you, when you find a piece and you get it exactly where it is, you feel like a bit of a genius. And it is a, it is, it is a high I simply have become addicted to. Um, <laughs> Steph, what about you? What's, what's your fandom? Well, we're talking reality TV right now. And uh, I got to say, we just started watching the Ultimatum Queer Edition. Mm. And holy shit. <laughs> Guys, this... Sh- Man, lesbians be messy at the best of times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Part of the culture. It is so entertaining. There's one character that's just, everyone's kind of like, yeah, I'm just uh, trying to find love. And then one character is like, I'm going to be the messiest human being that has ever appeared on television. I don't know if ever, but ooh, she is messy. <laughs> She's, She's messy. messy. And anyone who's watching, if you you have feelings about Vanessa, hit me up because I just cannot stand this woman. She's just like in one of the episodes, she just decides like, I'm randomly going to get my nipples pierced. Oh my God, let's go. And you're like, why are you choosing this moment for this, Vanessa? Yeah. You don't need this. It, it's very weird. I will say uh, this is a very lesbian deep cut, but uh, I feel like Vanessa is the new Jenny, um, which will Jenny make Schechter sense from the to L word. people yeah. who have watched the L word. But that's, that's what it feels like is just, this is live action Jenny and I just yeah. want to die. The entire queer community has a new villain and yeah. it is Vanessa. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, All right. Rob. Rob, what are you fanning out about? What's your, what's your thing this week? I think like a lot of people who enjoy video games, I have been <gasps> Tears, playing of, Tears the of the Kingdom. Yeah, of course. And I, I realize that I, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm like a lot of gamers, but I feel like I'm isolated in the fact that everyone else figures out what to do quickly, and I'm just <laughs> like, oh. I'm just gonna. Oh, I got my glider. Now I now I can wait. I'm supposed to go where? What? <laughs> I'm just gonna go explore and figure out and die and then come back to life and realize that's not the direction I need to run. <laughs> and then while other people are like, well, you know, if you attach the ruby to your shield, then you don't have to get any uh, clothing to stay warm in the wintry and like snowy mountaintops. And I was like, oh. How do you figure these things out? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Didn't even occur to um, me. Thank you. That's yeah, deeply relatable. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. 
So I'm I'm really really enjoying that right now, and uh, I will say on the on the on the puzzle tip, you want to make puzzles more exciting. And no, I'm not talking How about puzzle three D. My girlfriend has gifted me over the years a couple of Columbo puzzles. What puzzles based on the TV show Columbo? Okay. I think they only ever made three. Whoa. I have two. But you put together the puzzle, and then there's a booklet with a storyline that the image uh, is the scene of the crime. And Whoa. you have to figure out how Columbo solved the crime based on what the puzzle's image is. That's so That's fun. Then, yeah, and they're so old that, like, there's of course there's no, like, app or anything associated with it to figure it out. It's just written in reverse on the last page. So you hold it up to a mirror ah, to, ah, to oh figure my God. it out. They're so much fun and they, they're still like available on eBay and stuff. And it's so worth it. It's so great. Oh my God. Oh, okay. Baby. Do I need a Columbo yeah. puzzle now? Babe, we're becoming puzz heads. It's, it's puzz time. heads. Puzz heads. Let's do it. <laughs> Rob, thank you so much for coming and sharing your fandom with us. Where can people find you? What do you want to plug? Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. This is a blast. Um, If people want to follow me on, let's say, Instagram, I'd say the best thing is the podcast, Vanderpump Robs on Instagram. Uh, The podcast is also available wherever you get podcasts, but I do have ad-free bonus episodes and video and Discord on the Patreon at patreon.com slash Vanderpump Robs. Of course, we all pay for Netflix or any sort of streaming service. If you consider... You know, one month is less than the cost of a pump teeny. So <laughs> if you think of it in those terms, I'd appreciate you throwing a little bit of support over there. And I've got plenty of bonus content. Jim O'Hare from Parks and Rec has been on the show. Which is wild. You Amazing. Know, I can't Sheena's, wait to to Sheena's been on the podcast. <gasps> Peter's been on the podcast. Wow. Um, there's a missing episode with a one season character named Danica that will about to be re-released only behind the paywall. So I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it fun and I hope people will at least experiment and try to support the show. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, Rob, this has been such a blast. Thank you so much. And everyone till next time, love the things you love and tell everyone about them. Bye. The Fandom Show is produced by Andrew Ivamy as part of the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as web comics, articles, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com.